Welcome to Salty, the show where a clueless cook attempts to prepare a gourmet meal. No experience, no recipe. Just a pile of ingredients and a pro chef on the other end of the line. Then we eat and judge the meal with a salty guest. I'm Lisi. And I'm Perla. We're from Jersey City. And we're your salty hosts. Today we have our rookie, Claire Wagner from Queens, and Chef Nathaniel Coburn from Brooklyn, preparing a dish near and dear to Chef Nathaniel's heart, Upstate Shrimp and Grits. We'll sample the meal with our critic, Ben Taylor of Benny Boo Music out of Astoria, Queens. On this episode, we learn how to make stock from scratch, discuss the optimal consistency of southern grits, and discuss some unexpected recipes for the microwave. Let's meet Claire and Chef Nathaniel. Hi guys, how's everybody feeling today? Nervous. (laughs) Yeah, me too. So we are with Claire and Nathaniel today. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Claire? I work here in New York. I work in theater and production. I work for Five Ohm Productions. Um, and we do audio-video production for theater events, film, and a wide range of things. You know, as a New Yorker, I have a tiny little kitchen and don't love grocery shopping because you have to walk 10 blocks to pick up milk and then walk another 10 blocks home. By the time you get home, you're just exhausted. So don't do a lot of grocery shopping. Pretty much rely on Seamless and my loving boyfriend to (laughs) provide (laughs) nourishment and nutrition. (laughs) And Nathaniel, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Where are you at right now? Uh, I'm at my um, apartment in uh, Sunset Park in Brooklyn. Um, I've been uh, living here for the past seven years, but um, I grew up in South Carolina and um, I came up here for graduate school uh, back in 2010. I work uh, work mainly nowadays for a a nonprofit or an education nonprofit called New York Sunworks. Um, we build hydroponic greenhouses in uh, New York and New Jersey um, for STEM education. I also work as a private chef for a family um, out in the Hamptons uh, during the summertime for like large parties, that kind of thing. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah, it's been really fun. Can you tell us a little bit about the recipe that you chose for today? What are we making today, Chef Nathaniel? Yeah, 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 yeah. So today we're going to make shrimp and grits. Cool. um, That's amazing. uh, I love eating shrimp and grits. uh, I've never made shrimp and grits. It's it's really fun. Uh, It can be really easy. Um, This recipe is uh, slightly more involved. but um, uh, You know, it's a dish that's been um, riding the the big wave of, like, pan-southernism in the last few decades. uh, But it came from the regions of... uh, uh, coastal South Carolina and Georgia, where it has roots and cuisine from fishermen and uh, Gullah people uh, of West African descent down there. And, you know, and, like, it's blown up all over the place, and everybody has it on their brunch menus. But it's um, it's really fun to make at home. Um, super delicious. It's uh, it's tangy and rich, and the flavors and textures mix really well with each other. Um, but it's still, like, kind of refreshing and bright. This version involves making grits with goat cheese and lime zest, uh, and it's topped with a mixture of andouille sausage. Um, though if you don't have a sausage, you can do it with bacon or country ham or even like mushrooms if you're pescatarian. Shrimp, vegetables, uh, all simmered in some stri- shrimp stock, which we're also going to be making from scratch, hopefully. Wow. Um, Sounds like you got a lot on your plate. Uh, it's quite yeah. a few things. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be great, though. It's going to be great. Are you originally from South Carolina? Yeah, I grew up there. I first started cooking in restaurants down there. Um, and this version was uh, taught to me by a chef I cooked for in Greenville, South Carolina. His name was Anthony Gray. Um, this was uh, heavily influenced by how he showed me how to do it and uh, it was one of the first few things that I learned how to make that I really really love. Nice so what you're telling us is Claire has some big shoes to fill right now. (laughs) (laughs) The pressure's on. (laughs) 
Oh, man. And I'm wondering, who's more nervous? Are you nervous, Nathaniel, <laughs> about, uh, you know, just literally, I mean, you're just naming, you know, you're giving a recipe over the phone. That's a lot, um, a lot of responsibility, I'd like to think. Yeah, I feel, I do feel nervous. I've, I've been uh, uh, trying to run through it in my mind all morning. Um, and I, uh, I, I'm really curious as to how everybody else has done with it. Um, what's been, uh, what's been working, what hasn't, I don't know. It sounds like it's such a fun premise. I'm, I'm excited to try. We're still here, so that's a good sign. I'm, yeah, I'm Pearl really and I are still that. kicking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will say that um, um, sometimes chefs take for granted all of the things that you automatically do and know. You know, just like break it down so that you guys can really be successful together. Yeah. Especially with like terminology and stuff because I'm not the cook. Le- at least he's the chef here. Whenever I'm even reading off of a recipe book, I just think, wow, mm-hmm. that's so easy. And then you go step by step and you're like, what does that even mean? What's braising? I have no clue what any of that is. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm there with you, Claire. Um, you know, be there for moral support, I guess. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm really excited. Let's just get into the kitchen. Let's do this. All right. Yeah. Let's cool. go. Um, are you, are your, uh, have you washed your hands? Not yet. We're, we're not in the kitchen yet, but I promise to do so as soon as we get there. That's really important. We moved into the kitchen where Claire did wash her hands and the cooking commenced. All right. Hi, Chef Nathaniel. How are you? I'm well. I'm uh, nervous about how this is going to go. I'm nervous fun. too. Yeah, well, have, that's great that we'll both be right. <laughs> Have you taught a lot of people how to cook, or are you more of a lone chef? Yeah, I've, I've, I've taught some people how to cook um, different things. I've taught people how to cook this dish before, but, but never in this style. Never via <laughs> the phone? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I see some spicy and dewy sausage, some easy peel raw shrimp. You gave me two meats, so that's double the chance to give people food poisoning. I hope you realize that. This says polenta corn grits. Are those the same thing? Yeah, more or less. Um, there's, a, there's a slightly different variation of like how, how ground up they are um, sometimes, but, but polenta corn grits is perfect. It'll be great. Do you feel relatively familiar with the kitchen you're in? Um, yeah. Do you know where, where stuff is? Yeah. I've got some cutting boards. I've got a big knife and a little knife. For, to make this dish, you're going to need two either like small stock pots or large saucepans. And then one, and then like the biggest skillet you can find. Pot? What's the, what's the difference between a pot and a saucepan? Uh, so you want something that's about like eight to ten inches high. Oh, that's big. This one is eight to ten inches high, and it's not nonstick. The opposite of nonstick. That's fine. It doesn't need to be nonstick. None of them need to be. And do you have another one that's similar in size to it? Uh, sure. This is a pot. This one's nonstick, though. Mass is okay. We we can we can work with mass. Um, and then uh, and then a frying uh, skillet, a frying pan. Okay. Yeah, that's this one. Got that. Great. Um. Do you know if they have a whisk? A whisk. Yeah. Okay. Um, and a couple of large, like, cooking spoons? Uh, this is a big spoon, plasticky. This is a slotted wooden spoon. This is a deeper, kind of ladle spoon. Uh, yeah, you can use all that. That's great. And then, uh, what about a grater and a vegetable peeler? This is a little... Peeler, I think. It's got a hole in the middle and two long pieces of sharp metal. And this is a, I got a little tiny grater and a big hole grater. 
Okay, you want you want something that'll be really fine. Little tiny holes, it is. That's great. Uh, that, that's mostly what what you need. Uh, there might be other things that come up as we go along, but uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. The first thing that we're going to do is going to take the lime. It should be like one lime, and you're going to zest it using that cheese grater, and then you're going to squeeze all the juice out of it and and get both of those things in little dishes or bowls. Anything if you if you have a bunch of little prep bowls anywhere, something like that, or teacups, anything that you can put lots of small amounts of ingredients in. That would I have great. some little bowls for zesting. What does that mean? We want the skin, or just part of the skin, or the whole skin? Yeah, you're just going to take the green part off the lime using the cheese grater, and it's going to be like little tiny pieces of lime. But you don't want to go too far deep with it. You don't want to get a lot of the white stuff. You just want the green part. You don't want the right. white stuff, just the green stuff. Okay, in this tiny grater. Okay. I'm zesting the lime. Yeah, that's what oh, it sounds geez. like. I got some white. Okay. Uh, no, a little bit's fine. It's, it, you just don't want to, like, go full on. Okay. So next you want to cut it in half and uh, squeeze all the juice out into another container and then set both of those things aside. Which knife do I use? Uh, I don't know. Okay. I'm using the little one. It's less intimidating. Okay. And then I squeeze all the juice into a little bowl. Mm-hmm. Oh, hard to squeeze limes. <laughs> Is it, uh, if it's especially dry, um, I, I, I should have told you to roll it. You can you can roll the lime around with the palm of your hand, and it'll uh, uh, oh. it'll pump it up a bit. I more. got that half done. One half down. After Claire squoze the limes, Chef Nathaniel taught her some cool insider tricks for mincing garlic cloves. I've got about two cloves of mushy garlic, and I'm going to chop them up really small. It'll be hard to describe how to do it over the phone, but if the big knife that you're using has uh-huh. kind of a curve on the end of its blade, yeah. what you can do is hold that, hold the very tip oh. of the knife firm on the cutting board, and then do a rocking motion back and forth on the garlic, like up and boat? down, sort of like a like a boat, and you'll have more control over how you're making the little cuts that way um, on the That's garlic. great. How's that feel? Is that working? Yeah, it's good. It's much less in danger of chopping my finger off. Yeah, totally, right? <laughs> <laughs> and there's less garlic flying all over the kitchen. Yeah, less chaos. This is going pretty well, she says far too prematurely. Uh, how do I know when it's minced? Yeah, it, when it looks like they're roughly all the same size little pieces. The size of um, little pieces of garlic. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> all right, done. Okay, great. You can set those aside in another little uh, little dish or something. Um, you overestimate my amount of little dishes. So now you're going to get the shrimp, and you're going to get either a bowl and a colander if you have one. So like a, a big bowl that has holes in it. It helps to do this inside of a sink. I have a sink. So you get your shrimp, and you have these two bowls, and you're going to peel mm-hmm. all of the shrimp, the legs and the shells and the tails, and if they have heads, you're going to rip the head off. They have heads? You can tell me if they have heads or not. Sometimes they have heads. I hope they don't have heads. It's good news if they do. It'll make the stock really yummy. Okay, I have a bunch of gray, slimy shrimpies. I don't think they have heads. They have legs. 
What do I do? I put them in the bowl? Yeah, so you're gonna you're gonna take all the shells off and you're gonna put them in the uh, strainer. Uh, and then you can put the shrimp after you peel them in the other bowl. And then you're gonna take each of the shrimp and you're gonna butterfly them, it's, uh, it's called. Um, it's where you um, remove the back of the, the vein that runs along the spine. Do I wanna try to get all the meat out of the tail part? Yes, yes you do. And you wanna um, uh, put the tails with the other shells. Am I trying to keep them whole? Is that important to the the dish? Yeah, yeah, keep the shrimp whole if you can. Okay. If you lose a little bit of the tail, it's all right. But, um, but uh, try to keep them uh, intact. Oh, oh boy. I ripped that one in half. Sorry, shrimpy. This is the last one. I named him Bob. Next, Chef Nathaniel walks Claire through how to devein the shrimp, only to discover that it was easy peel. It was already done. This creates some suspicion. Should I uh, get the group opinion and just make sure that everyone else thinks the vein is gone as well? Yeah, that'd be great, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Chef Nathaniel wants everybody else's opinion. <laughs> not just mine. I'm not trustworthy. <laughs> For the people eating the shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's weird. It's fine. All right, cool. There's no vein. No, no they're, they're, they're very much in Very clean. Yeah. Whew. Dodged a bullet. You're gonna, you're gonna take the garlic that you uh, just minced up and the lime juice, like two tablespoons of oil. Do you have some uh, Cajun seasoning there? It is Badia Seafood Seasoning Creole Blend. Sounds great. Um, let's do uh, a heaping tablespoon of that. Heaping tablespoon? Yeah, so like uh, get a tablespoon and then sort of mound it over just <laughs> Is this a heaping tablespoon? Phoning a friend. <laughs> They say yes. Okay. Mixing it all together. They're all pretty seasoned. Um, just put them in the uh, refrigerator, uh, assuming that there's a refrigerator, or else uh, set them aside somewhere cool. Okay. They're in the fridge. So now we're going to chop up a few more vegetables. You're going to need one onion, one carrot, and one green pepper. The onion, you're going to chop it in, you're going to cut it in half, and you're going to set half of it aside. Um, and then you're going to dice up the rest into pieces that are about um, a little less than half an inch. Which way in half? Long way or fat ways? Um, if you cut it long way from the root to, the, to where the stem forms, it'll be easier to chop it later on. Um, so I would cut it long way. You can, you can chop all, th all three of those things pretty roughly. Um, the other halves that you'll use, you'll want to chop them a little nicer. But uh, for right now, you can just like, cut the carrot up into into sort of pieces, you know, uh, they don't even need to be shaped all that particularly. Um, and same with the onion, you just want to have it chopped up roughly and uh, same with the pepper. Claire is killing it. She heats up some canola oil in a large pot and tosses in the veggies and a little bit of tomato paste. Uh, now you can add in the uh, shrimp shells from before. Um, right into that same pot and you're gonna cook all of them together until all the vegetables are soft and, um, and the onions look sort of translucent. Should I stir it again? Yeah, stir it, stir it so they all mix together. Um, and, then, and then let them sit a little bit so that they cook and then stir again, let them sit, that kind of thing. You don't want to stir constantly, but then you don't want them to like burn either. Okay, not burning the food. Tip number one. Okay. How does it smell now? Does it smell shrimpy? Yeah, I would say it smells shrimpy. 
Okay. And do you have any, is there any alcohol nearby, like some wine or some brandy or whiskey? Or We have a single serving portion of barefoot Pinot Grigio, and we have a single serving portion of barefoot Moscato. Okay. <laughs> um, let's go with the, the Pinot Grigio. And uh, are all, have all the shells turned pink? Yeah, the shells are pretty pink. Go ahead and uh, put in another like heaping tablespoon of tomato paste. Heaping tablespoon. And then you're going to stir out a lot, kind of fast. This is so much pressure. <laughs> okay, stirring really fast. Oh, Great, oh, so it's like it's all mixing in and um, probably kind of sticking to the sides a little bit. Uh, it's sticking to the shrimp shell still. Now it's mixing in. Now it's sticking to the sides. It's all kind of pink. You can let it sit still for a minute. Okay. If it's, um, if it's mixed in pretty well. Okay. I'm going to cook this a little bit longer. And while it's cooking, you're going to measure out like a quarter cup of that white wine. None of these measuring things are labeled. Is this a quarter cup? Oh, it's labeled on the bottom. I found it. This is a quarter cup. Pour it right in and then um, stir a lot more. Makes a big sizzling noise, huh? Yeah. Right now you're gonna um, you're gonna deglaze the bottom of that pan. It's, it's called. Um, mm. So you're gonna scrape up all the bits that have started to like stick to it because of the tomato paste yeah. and because of the uh, browning. The bottom of the pan is cleaner. Great. Uh, so now you're going to add uh, some fresh cold water, and you're gonna add just enough to have everything that's in that pot covered, but you don't want to add much more than that because it's um, you want it to concentrate down as much as possible. Um, it should be like three cups to a quart three, of water. Three cups? A lot. I thought you were going to say like a quarter cup again. Oh boy. Four cups is a quart? Yeah, four cups is a quart. Probably learned that once in middle school. Promptly forgot it. I don't know if Claire's going to be attempting another stock from scratch anytime soon, especially since she has more slicing and dicing to do. She has to add grits to a pot with some butter and heavy cream, and then she still has to chop up some fennel and scallions and dice up three tomatoes. Damn. Tomatoes done. Okay, now you want to take that garlic you had before and mince up the rest of it. So I got these garlics peeled and now I'm going to mince them with okay. rocking motions like a boat at sea. <laughs> ah, I dropped one. How's your rocking motion? <laughs> Overboard already. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's pretty minced. It's an amount of garlic. Um, so now you're gonna take that andouille sausage. Um, and first, I'd like to know if it's been pre-cooked or not. Um, does it tell you that? Uh, yeah, it says fully cooked, heat and serve, gluten-free. Great. Like one big, long sausage. One big, long sausage? Great. Okay, cut it in half yeah. lengthwise. How long would it take you to cook these shrimp and grits, Chef Nathaniel? Stock's ready. It, it takes, you know, um, about a half hour as long as it would take to, to cook the grits and stuff. But, um... I don't know. I mean, it's probably about an hour um, and maybe an hour plus, depending on uh, how quickly you're doing it. If you're making this kind of thing in a restaurant, you have all of this stuff chopped ahead of time and then you, you just assemble it as you go. So it, the fact that you're making everything from scratch in this concentrated amount of time is uh, it's no small thing. Well, that makes me feel better about myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I think you're doing great. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> And the next thing you're going to do is you're going to take that big strainer basket from the shrimp shells before, 
um, and you're going to put it inside the biggest bowl or receptacle you have, something that it can sit inside um, uh, to catch all of the liquid. Wow, that smells Getting glowing reviews. They seem a little premature to me. Great. Um, do some, use something to compress the uh, all of that stuff, all the vegetables and shells, so you squeeze okay. the rest of the liquid out. Yeah. Almost all the things out of the pot, and most of them are in this strainer and not on the ground. Oh, jeez. This is an athletic moment. Ooh. Oh, I just dropped something in there, though. Oh, boy. We'll find it later. Yeah, so everything that's in that strainer basket, you throw it away. Oh, found it. I dropped a shrimp shell in this stuff, but I got it out. It's an onion piece. Claire adds lime and goat cheese to the grits and tastes it for consistency. And we've been here for like a thousand hours, but we're almost ending the kitchen extravaganza. So last step, let's get that, uh, that big old frying pan, that skillet. Okay. And let's put uh, a couple tablespoons of um, canola oil in the pan. Should I get my shrimpies out? Yeah. Yeah, um, you want to take those out, and um, uh, if you can drain them in uh, in that colander or strainer, get them out of the uh, mixture they've been in. Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, no. Oh, boy. <laughs> I dropped a few of them in the sink. That's okay. Um, give them a little rinse, and they'll be just fine. So on medium-high heat... Mm-hmm. And the first thing you're going to do is add that andouille sausage, and then you're going to cook them for a few minutes. Um, the next thing you're going to add is the onion and fennel and bell pepper in about a minute. So you want the andouille sausage to brown just a little bit, and then you're going to add, uh, you can add them now. You can add the onion and fennel and green bell pepper and cook those. Uh, give them a stir and then let them cook for about a minute. Yeah, like half of that tablespoon, half tablespoonful thing. Uh-huh. Like fill that half full with Creole seasoning and add that in, and then give it a stir. Okay. Okay. Um, and uh, and stir that all around. Is it uh, burning, sticking to the bottom, anything like that? Nope. And that all starts to seem like it's really fragrant. Like, like you can smell it really strongly. Mm-hmm. Um, you can uh, add the uh, tomatoes in and start cooking them with it too. Okay, now there's some toms in there. Okay. Um, and let those cook for a minute. And while that's happening, like, let your um, get your garlic and the leeks and the uh, green onions slash scallions together. And those will be the next things you add. You just want the white parts of the scallion at this point, not the green. Get my leeks and my scallions and my garlics. And uh, now, real quick, let's um, let's taste that stock that you um, made earlier. The uh, liquid stuff. Yeah, yeah. Take the, taste the liquid. It's shrimpy. Right. It's a little tomatoey, not very. So your garlic and your leek and your scallion, you put those in already? Uh, no. Okay. Um, you can. You should add those now. So now you're going to add uh, shrimp stock in, and you want it to be. So such that like the liquid is proportional to like the consistency of the stew, like maybe like you know like a third to halfway up the pan at most if you've got uh, two thirds full in the pan. Okay. Um, you want them to be like sitting in liquid but not like drowning in liquid. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, like a nice bath. Yeah, like a nice bath. Okay. 
into a kind of healthy simmer, you know, like it's kind of like a little bit boiling. Okay. Um, and then add a uh, a large pinch of salt for that. Salt. We need this to be a little more salty. And then I taste it after I stir the salt in. Yep. Hot. Hot. <laughs> it's hot, yeah. That's kind of spicy. Kind of spicy? Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, it's good. Great. Awesome. Um, doesn't need more salt, you feel like, at the moment? Um, I don't think so. Okay, great. Let's add the shrimp, and um, you're going to have them uh, and turn it down to medium heat. Medium low, even. Add the shrimp. Medium, medium, medium. Okay. Oh boy, they just barely fit in there. Should I try to kind of stir it, stir it up? Yeah, yeah. Stir, uh, incorporate the shrimp so that they're mixed in throughout. Oh, there's so much. Oh, there's so Is much really stuff full? in this pan. Uh oh. Do you need more liquid, do you feel like? Is it, uh, is it still stew-like in its texture, or do you need to add more? Probably more. Um, do you have any parsley around? We've probably got some parsley around here somewhere. Yep. Okay. Oh, and I haven't done anything with the green scallions either. Yeah, you're going to add those right at the end with the uh, fennel and the parsley. Okay. And you're just going to cut off a little bit of the top of the parsley um, and chop it real fine into little tiny flakes. How much parsley? Not very much. Like, um, less than a quarter cup. And tell me about the shrimp real quick. Are they all pink? Yeah, they're pink now. Great. Let's cut the heat off of that. And then you're going to put that three tablespoons of butter in. Just put it right in the middle. Um, and let it sit there for a second while you chop the rest of the parsley. Okay, chopping the parsley. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay, I got quite a bit of parsley here. You're ready to serve the whole thing. Um, so what you're going to do is uh, take a heaping big spoonful of grits. You're going to put them in the middle of a plate. Take a mixture of all that stuff you just cooked in the pan um, and put it on top of those grits. And you're going to ladle some of that um, uh, that stock and sauce. Uh, Should I use plates it. or bowls? Um, if you have a shallow bowl, that's great. Um, if have you have a plate, that's fine. We have plates and we have shallow bowls, but they're not very big. But you might go with a plate then. Um, you want like a a, a, a fist-sized quantity of grits. Um, so you want to take like a a um, sort of generous spoonful. Um, if you have, I don't know what size spoon you're working with, but um, a generous spoonful of the actual stuff of it. You know, like the shrimp and the sausage and the uh -huh. vegetables, and put that over the pour that over the grits, and then. Um, and then pour a little bit of the uh, sauce, the liquid, um, uh, in the dish as well, on top of the grits, so that it pulls slightly around the, uh, the mound of grits that you've got there in your plate. Um, okay. And then you're going to garnish with some of the scallions and some of the fennel and some of the parsley, and then you're done. Gosh, that's so many garnishes. Yeah, it's too many garnishes. <laughs> <laughs> Claire spent all afternoon cooking this meal. I didn't realize it was three o'clock. By the time she was finally finished, we were so ready to dig in. I'm so hungry. <laughs> Matt hungry. How was that for you? Was that super weird or? <laughs> I, I had a lot of fun overall. I thought it was great. It seemed smooth to me. I don't know, was it smooth to you, Claire? I, I, um, 
Yeah, there weren't uh, any. Uh, there weren't any major catastrophes. Um, yeah, I feel like the only thing that started to happen was that the grits maybe started to burn on the bottom a little bit, but they didn't actually burn because we caught it in time. Yeah, and I think it's just communication yeah, is key, good. obviously, especially when you're not seeing what I'm seeing. Um, but I thought you did great as a teacher and as um, a coach. <laughs> so in your experience, what are what were the most difficult things? Like what was for me like doing multiple things at one time and keeping track of them, like making sure that the grits are okay and trying to stir the stew and trying to boil the stock and trying to chop mm-hmm. the things and it's all happening all at once. And I mean, it took quite a while. <laughs> And I feel like the goal is for it to not take quite so long. And so, yeah, for me, for me, I guess efficiency is the hardest part, just trying to chop things faster and do multiple things all at the same time. And, yeah. you know, I feel like that's the real skill that you have to work on for a long time before you feel comfortable. So this stuff is sitting in front of us stuff. This really delicious <laughs> meal feast is in front of us. And I know everyone at this table is really waiting to dig in. Are there any things in particular that we should pay attention to flavors we should look forward to or note if they're not there? Um, I'd like to know if you can taste the fennel at all. If there's a little bit of hint of anise or licorice in the dish. Um, the, uh-huh. the fennel is light. It's not overpowering, but it, everything's just playing really well. Would you call this like a signature dish? Like if this, if you had a dish to represent you, what would it be this one? Or do you have another one in particular? Like if you had to be a dish, what would close it be? To it, but I, 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 um, oh, if I had a signature dish, it would be crab cakes actually. Mm, crab mm. cakes. I love crab cakes. Yeah, yeah, I love crab cakes. Um, uh, and I, I feel especially proud of my crab cakes. I feel, uh, like, a wild success. <laughs> this is yeah, probably awesome. one of the best things I've ever made. Um, great. Like champ. <laughs> I'm eating like one. Too. Are you feeling really proud of yourself? <laughs> I'm feeling pretty proud. You should. You should. <laughs> I think that was a great yeah. thing for me to do. Well, thank you so much for for doing this, and um, I'm. This is delicious. I'm just so happy thank right you. now. <laughs> yeah, enjoy. Take care. Let's meet Ben Taylor of Benny Boo Music out of Astoria, Queens. Well, we do have a critic at the table. We have someone joining us who's been very quiet and patiently waiting. <laughs> Hi, um, how are you doing? I'm great. This is delicious. Thank you. <laughs> I, honestly, I don't like grits. I've never liked grits, but I, I like this. So you're definitely doing something right. Compliments. Wow, another uh, <laughs> ball out of the park, girl. <laughs> I think it's, it's the goat cheese. It's really doing yeah. it for me. Really creamy. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cheesy. Uh, ben, have you ever had this dish before at brunch? I have, yeah. I was down in New Orleans not so long ago. And I went to this place that everyone was recommending. And they are like, oh, you got to have shrimp and grits, shrimp and grits. And I was like, eh, I don't really like grits, but I'll try it. And I didn't really like it. Oh but my god, look at that. This I like, so. Ben, do you often cook? Yeah, I try to. Um, not like this, but uh, I'll make much more basic things. Pasta. <laughs> Pasta and meat sauce. Okay, first of um, all, that's delicious. <laughs> vodka sauce. I make like a homemade vodka sauce. It's pretty good. It's probably my special. That's awesome. So, Ben, tell us more about your band. Uh, my band is called Beecher's Fault. We're uh, Astoria... Um, staple in a way i guess we've been a band here for like seven years um yeah so i've actually been to a few a few of you guys' shows you big beecher's fault fan over here <laughs> did you ever think you'd be here eating no i never i never imagined <laughs> cooking i never thought i'd eat grits again to be honest. <laughs> 
What kind of music is it? Uh, it's indie rock band. So um, we say it's folk rock meets synth pop, kind of like uh, Wilco meets Passion Pit sort of thing. Oh, just I'm put out a new record out. recently called The Easiest Drug to Sell. But what is the easiest what's... drug to sell, yeah. in your opinion? Gotta listen to the record. Uh, <laughs> it's not grits. No. <laughs> it might be now. Seriously, if Claire cooks it. You guys are being far too nice to me. No, you are just not admitting how good this is. <laughs> ben, so you have um, your first single that came out after Party, and uh, you were raising money for something. Can you tell us about that? That's Yeah, it's a different project, a solo okay. project I'm working on. Oh, nice. Uh, called Benny Boo. Uh, B-E-N-I-B-U. Basically, every song I put out through that is going to raise money for a different charity. So 100% of the streaming and download proceeds goes to whatever charity I'm raising money for. So Awesome. I've always been an environmentalist. So I started out with um, Bill McKibben's uh, organization, 350.org. So I'm raising money for them with my song After Party. So every time you listen, a fraction of a penny goes to 350.org. That's awesome. Or if you download it, like 60 cents goes to 350.org. So Every bit counts. <laughs> Where can we find it? Is it on iTunes? iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, Google, all that jazz. Very cool. Where did the name Benny Boo come from? Uh, when I was a toddler, my mother called me Benny Boo. Aww. It was like a nickname. And then I just made it more hipster looking by making it B-N-I-B-U instead of B-E-N-N-Y-B-O-O. Claire, what was the last thing you cooked? Because I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm extremely impressed right now. <laughs> yeah, okay. So last week I tried to make, so we do Blue Apron. So my boyfriend usually cooks. Um, and last week he was away for work. And so I tried to make one of our Blue Aprons, which was this like spiced and roasted pork with like this apple stuff on top and this cheese sauce. I splashed the cheese sauce all over the kitchen. I <laughs> am slicing the apple and I almost sliced the tip of my finger off oh my and I put the pork in the oven and the blue apron tells you to take it out between 26 and 28 minutes and I take it out after 26 minutes and I'm cutting into it and the middle of it is just raw no. <laughs> I'm like what do I do it's far too late to put it back in the oven now uh, and so I'm like well I guess I'll just keep slicing it and I'll put it in the microwave because that'll at least cook it no. <laughs> a minute maybe two oh, God. <laughs> and they come out and they're gray <laughs> 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 like very gray <laughs> did they have you sear the pork or they were just like stick it in the oven uh no it was just in the oven because it was like salt and pepper and then put the spice blend on it and then put it it was like pork on one side of the pan and broccoli on the other and put it in the oven 26 to 28 minutes. Well, well, it asked you to, to check it with a meat thermometer, which, I, of course, I did not have. So <laughs> They're assuming a lot by asking everyone to have a meat yeah, thermometer. Really. <laughs> so in your opinion, was uh, Chef Nathaniel better with the instructions than Blue Apron? Definitely. Much more detailed. <laughs> you can cook anything in a microwave. The questionable thing is, will it be edible? <laughs> I mean, the pork was safe to eat. <laughs> Food safety is number one. <laughs> 
gosh. Gray no. pork. Well, I've always, I always see these, um, like, online, these, like, um, like, cooking hacks, like, how to bake a cake in the microwave, and, like, how accurate is that <laughs> ever? You do a lot of stuff in the microwave. I've made, I've made a, quite a few mug cakes in my day. I've never in, done it. In the mug college cakes. dorms. Oh, mug cakes are delicious. Yeah. Have you done them, too? Yeah, you put, like, the powder in the mug, and uh-huh. then it, it swells up. I used to do it, too. You just put, like, mug, you put the powder and like milk in a mug or something and then it makes a cake but it's called like it's for that packet is just for a mug and you make it there or it's just like powder it's no it's like a mug cake it's called a mug really cake. yeah you can buy it i've so, never seen that my question about mug cakes are <laughs> no here this is real this is a legit quite mug cake question okay in what scenario does one only need a mug full of cake a solo cake dining experience <laughs> Badly that you're I, like, I need a mug of this right I now. I love cake, but my boyfriend hates cake. He's very much a pie guy. So you got mug pie. <laughs> so I am like often craving cake, but I'm not gonna buy a whole cake. True. <laughs> okay, I stand like, corrected. Hold up, I need to defend this. <laughs> You know, I don't have much of a sweet tooth, so I feel like I would go, if I really, really wanted a piece of cake, I'd just, like, buy a hostess cake from the bodega or something. I don't know if I would go out of my way to learn... Mug, mug cakes. Mug I forgot cake. about mug cakes. I'm so glad you reminded me. Like this has been a mug cake. revolutionary day because I know I like grits now, and I'm gonna go buy mug cakes on my way home. Ben, um, tell us where can where can we find you on social media? Um, so my my band is on social media. Beecher's Fault. B e e c h e r apostrophe s Fault. F a u l t. Um, at Beecher's Fault would be our Instagram, Twitter all that jazz. And then my Benny Boo project is also on the internet, bennyboomusic.com, um, B-E-N-I-B-U. And then the handle for that is at Benny Boo Music. That's really exciting. And sorry, I just had one more question just about Benny Boo. Um, you said that the money goes to different charities. Does it change every time or can you pick where you want to? So, or? No, each song that I put out will be, it's causes that I support. Um, so I have to find, I guess, a fan base that's like-minded but um i think they're worthwhile causes and each song will be tied to one cause one charity and then i'm working with the charities to raise money through the song and and um yeah one one song so far i just put out last month after party it's called um and actually bill mckibben just retweeted it the other day which is exciting for me because he's like a an inspirational environmentalist that's amazing keep it going that's really really cool um, but thank you so much for coming. I it Thanks looks like you me. enjoyed your meal. Yeah, it was delicious. <laughs> Do we have any parting words about this amazing meal or your cray experience? Well, you know, try cooking at home. What's the worst that could happen? A lot. There actually a lot. That was not good. There's a lot. I don't know if that's a really proper takeaway for Your sure. pork can be gray. You could lose a finger with the apple. That's true. There's a lot of bad things that could happen. So, you know, risk management is key. That see that's that was good advice. All right. I think that means we're done. (laughs) Thanks, guys. 
Salty is a five-owned production in collaboration with Midnight Market. Find us on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts. Follow us on social media at The Salty Pod and check out our website, saltypod.com. Email us at info at saltypod.com or call the Salty Hotline at 615-606-3925 and leave us a voicemail and tell us why you'd love to be on the show. We're always looking for rookies, chefs, and critics. To take us out, here's Ben Taylor's song, after party. And remember, if you stream or download the song at BennyBooMusic.com, a portion of the proceeds will benefit 350.org. 350.org is a nonprofit organization that raises awareness about climate change and supports clean energy solutions. Oh.